So welcome back to another episode of Time Out with the Sports Doctor podcast. And tonight we have uh, Imitate Eschel. Um, he is a sales manager for Zero Gravity, and we'll be talking about photo light therapy and some products that they have to com combat musculoskeletal pain. So, you know, a lot of times when we think about laser treatment, we automatically talk, think about beauty aids or beauty products, uh, skin wrinkles and different things like that. But we're going to be talking more about the musculoskeletal um, approach to using photo light therapy for non-operative and you know, does not require pain medication, different ways to be able to treat for musculoskeletal pain. So welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you on. Thank you. I'm very, very glad to be here and uh, grateful for the opportunity. Sure. So as we started to reflect, um, it came to mind that, hey, we've met in person before. So yeah. actually, when I um, purchased the Zero Gravity product, we were in Fort Lauderdale and I think you had just come in at the end to help break down the uh, display. You were just coming in from a, a workout. So tell us about yeah. your martial artist. You're a martial artist, right? Yeah, so I do jujitsu. Um, okay. I do it pretty avidly uh, twice a day. Twice uh, a day. Compete. Yeah, compete. Uh, basically, my life revolves around uh, jujitsu. Everything else is uh, just to support it, to be honest. But obviously, I think, you know, martial arts as much as they teach you about life they also demand a lot especially on the body yeah and um that is kind of you know like a lot of people in my uh field of interest we, a lot we find each other a lot in the uh orthopedics realm uh kind of because when you're doing something so so intensely you're you you have to kind of educate yourself how you can maybe heal faster or you know, kind of overcome some of the injuries that are associated with it. So definitely we could talk about how it, you know, uh, light therapy photobiomodulation helps me specifically. Uh, but also I have a pretty wide knowledge as how it can help uh, other people with other injuries, which I encounter, unfortunately, almost on the daily, on a daily basis. Sure. So anytime I have the opportunity to speak with someone about uh, orthopedics, especially ACL surgery, I always get excited. So I remember you mentioning some injuries. So tell us about kind of your orthopedic past. Yeah. So, I mean, orthopedic, I uh, blow on a shoulder. I uh, had the ACL reconstruction and the, and the meniscectomy, um, um, hip injuries, um, ankles, elbows, you name it. If it's injured, if it's injured, I have it. So, uh, <laughs> But yeah, back back then I was uh, recovering from, from knee surgery, um, and basically the uh, general protocol that that were kind of uh, you know recommended is is lay off uh, competition for about nine months, really get get back into heavy training around nine months, and through using uh, light therapy and, and a few other modalities, I could really compete again in around four and a half five months uh, and go pretty much. 100% after that time frame, and I attribute not only that I attributed a lot of it to light therapy but also other modalities that I uh, that I've done uh, whether it be uh, you know uh, cold immersion peptides um, I mean sauna any any other modality that I've done I found a, that light therapy enhanced the benefits of that other modality as well as uh, enhance the healing in and on its its own. Uh, so yeah. So at what I'm point pretty, you, I'm pretty excited. 
Yeah. When did you have ACL surgery? How long ago was that? That, that would have been um, kind of when an elective surgery just uh, got, got approved again post-COVID. Okay. So, um, I mean, around two years ago. Yeah. So I think when I met you, you were just getting back to training. So that was like yeah. October of 2021. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Was that your first knee surgery? Uh, no, it was my second. Second. Okay. Yeah. So you had a previous ACL? Yeah. I've had, no, I've had a previous, uh, just a meniscus repair on the other. Okay. Knee. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. All right. And how did you injure yourself? What was kind of the mechanism? Was it um vulgus force uh okay. so just a uh you know basically a, a rotation of my knee to one to to, to one side uh, landing with a vulgus force sure that rotated the knee uh toward or applied shear pressure which uh toward the meniscus shearing pressure pressure toward the meniscus uh with it the uh acl and uh and basically severely uh so i had also a partial tear of my mcl Okay. And what, do you know what graft, did you have a, a auto graft? Um, oh, yes, I had auto graft. And what graft did they use? So they used my uh, hamstring. Okay. And, and um, when they have, have had the, um, the, uh, the meniscus repair on my other knee, uh, if, if that's what you're asking, obviously they didn't, they didn't uh, use any, any, uh, anything, but also back then, I had a partial tear in my um, in my MCL on my other knee. Okay. Um, and that that obviously held on its own. There was no graft involved. Sure, sure. So let's talk about kind of the role of photo light therapy and how that how did you incorporate that into your rehab before we talk specifically about your product? Okay, so the way I incorporated just like technically is making sure I'm doing it at least three times a week, frankly. Um, in, in earlier stages of my recovery, you can't do much also as far as like, uh, as far as physical therapy goes. Mm -hmm. And uh, as far as, you know, modalities that you can do at home. So having a light therapy device at home was instrumental and I was using it daily. I was using it in a few ways. One would be just, you know, irradiating the area, but as well as irradiating the area, I was also using the size of the device to break down some obviously lightly some of the uh, scar tissue buildup that I was getting and I was making sure that the uh, that the peptide that I was that I was injecting into my into my subcutaneous uh, stomach area I made sure that about 15 minutes later I would irradiate my knee as well because there is an effect of vasodilation in the area specifically being irradiated so I wanted more blood supply to come to the area with that the peptides uh, and and obviously we can talk about the, a little bit the science behind light therapy, but that was uh, why I was choosing to do it in that time frame. Um, so again, if I could, I did it daily, five to 15 minutes. Um, I, I broke it down to five minutes a few times a day if, I, if it was earlier on. Afterwards, obviously your life becomes a little busy. You're trying to catch up on other things. So I do it in, a, in one large session mm -hmm. and three times a week and not every day. But uh, I met, I made sure I'm doing it at least three times a week. All right. So let's talk about some of the science behind photolight therapy. You mentioned vasodilation, more blood flow, but let's just talk about the science behind how it works. 
Okay, so basically, first of all, it's important for me to, so we're gonna be talking about two wavelengths. One is the red, what people call deep red and near infrared. Mm -hmm. And that's different than infrared that you're gonna have in a sauna or most uh, physical therapy lasers, which you're gonna see someone moving a pointer really, really fast on the area. Mm -hmm. And the reason that both of, both of the modalities that I just mentioned, they really work with a thermal aspect of, of light by having light that actually has a lot of friction with water. So that friction with water creates heat and that's how you get hot if there's infrared sauna involved or those kind of lasers. So we're not really talking about this. We're actually talking about wavelengths that have extremely low um, absorption in water or friction with water. And our body evolved to use those as signals for repair. And if you, you, know, if you go outside and, and during sunset or sunrise, these are the wavelengths that you that our eyes really like seeing and gonna kind of also uh, calm us down, et cetera. But our bodies really evolved to use them as signals for repair. And by distilling those wavelengths, so kind of stripping away uh, harmful UV rays or blue light or other wavelengths that also exist in sunlight, we can irradiate or we can use these wavelengths in a very strong uh, fashion. So these wavelengths have a very strong uh, impact, but without any damaging effects. So that's, that's first of all, just to make sure that we're talking about the correct wavelengths. Mm -hmm. And then with this, within those wavelengths, we specifically have a few, few unique, unique technologies and patents that, that make them more, more effective. But first, I want to really talk about general science. So what happens is in every cell in our in our body, we have little energy packets that are called mitochondria. Right. And these mitochondria, they, they're in charge of a lot of different things, but their main job is to create energy. Mm -hmm. So if you think of uh, you know, a 60-year-old and a 15-year-old, the, the real there, there are a few reasons why a 15-year-old is going to recover much, much faster, but they most of them start and end with mitochondrial function, uh, which surprisingly is one of the hallmarks of aging. So the more energy your cells can make, the easier the cells can have energy. So less like collateral damage when creating energy, the better the tissue can heal. So I think it's kind of self-explanatory why something like that would be, would be something to aim for. Uh, so what light therapy does, it really interacts with those energy packets, with those uh, powerhouses of the cell, which are called called mitochondria. Mm -hmm. um, so by stimulating them, so this light goes undisturbed in the body, it doesn't get absorbed in water that much, like zero, zero, uh, 0.01% gets absorbed in water, the rest gets absorbed in that mitochondria. And you can think of it like you would think of photosynthesis. It's not really the same, but it stimulates the creation of energy. And from that high levels of energy, our tissue can then function optimally and heal itself, etc. And there are secondary effects as well. So from that simulation, the mitochondria releases nitric oxide. So nitric oxide is something that is becoming very popular as far as supplements, pre-workouts. Uh, there are even creams now with nitric oxide. When we talk about like nasal breathing instead of like mouth breathing, the reason we want to do it is nitric oxide. So nitric oxide has very good benefits, but what it really does, it vasodilates, it expands blood vessels. And with blood vessels expanded comes more blood, more oxygenated blood and more nutrients. So the, the, the 
our cells now have the right building blocks for repair as well, not only the energy. And the third thing that happens from that uh, combination of more energy and more blood flow is toxin removal. So your lymphatic system has an easier time working and removes toxins in a much more effective way. So these three-pronged uh, effect of light therapy is, a, is the reason a lot of people like it, never mind really what they need to heal from or what other modality they're employing uh, with it. Right. So you mentioned a lot and, you know, that was very packed uh, biological science, kind of basic science breakdown. Uh, but you yeah. mentioned, you know, the mitochondria. So it's trying to upregulate the production of ATP uh, for energy. Um, and then you mentioned the nitrous oxide, the vasodilation, bringing blood flow to that area to allow for healing. Um, and then as well as creating a channel where, you know, the bad things are being pulled out of the area as well. Um, so, you know, at what point did you introduce that into your rehab? Or what, at what point do you kind of recommend that? So that's an excellent question because most people would, you know, would think it's black and white. It means that, you know, oh, I want healing. I'm just going to put the slide on and right. my body's going to understand the idea. But that's, the, that's a really important question because if there is a tissue that's bleeding internally, so if there, the tissue didn't have time to basically heal the small blood vessels that have been ruptured, if, um, you know, if surgery is concerned or a blunt force injury, that is something that's going to actually swell up the tissue more because it's going to bring more blood to the area. Right. So in blood force injury, we normally say like 48 hours um, and, and, you know, use it for five minutes, see if the tissue swells up. If it doesn't, you can go on. In my case, I waited around a week and a half. And the reason was that my knee was really, really swollen. And Absolutely. I tried introducing it after around six days, I think, and it didn't do it uh, good. It swole a little bit more. Right. So I waited a few days. Um, by the 10th day, I was, I was already doing it for over five minutes uh, in intervals a few times a week, a few times a day. Yeah. So like you were saying, so if you have an acute injury of anything, so you fall down, yeah. you twist your ankle, you bang your knee, you know, you go to the ER, they say, no, put heat on it. And then you come to the orthopedic office and you're like, what in the world? What do you mean put heat on it? So <laughs> in the acute inflammatory phase, we want to calm that down. So that's why we use ice. So that's why you mentioned it wouldn't be good to put a heat um, source on your knee right after an injury or right after surgery, because what we want to do is calm the tissues down. We want to get swelling down, get um, so you can regain your motion, allow all the tissues to kind of calm down and then you start your strengthening phase. So uh, that was a good point that you brought up. Yeah, so something that I do wanna bring up that we're, we didn't really uh, expand on, which, so now we really were talking about helping the tissue heal. Mm -hmm. um, there is another mechanism that happens with light therapy, which is reduction of inflammation. So obviously if there, if there is, um, again, if there is uh, bleeding, swelling involved, we definitely don't wanna, uh, interrupt the uh, movement of the of the joint so we don't want to actually inflame the tissue more or or increase blood flow there but as long as it doesn't do that what light therapy does as well it uh has a gene transcription factor so like a real imagine like a computer code that it activates mm -hmm. that literally uh, lowers the uh, inflammation so for people who are dealing with chronic pain and have maybe you know have maybe iced the area for years 
And they know it's something that comes and goes. It doesn't really help long-term. It can even like debilitate as far as like, you know, making the tissue less mobile over time. What red light therapy does, it literally lowers inflammation like a computer code, literally like we're sending a computer code. Don't create as much inflammation there. Uh, create less inflammatory cytokines, et cetera. So that can be extremely beneficial for people who have been suffering from, you know, things like arthritis, um, some degenerative issues that cause a lot of inflammation, uh, et cetera. Sure. So let's talk about your products uh, specifically. What wavelengths of the LED do your products deliver? So because this, uh, so our products, the main product that, that we recommend using, uh, the company is called Zero Gravity, but the main products are called Perfectio X and Relaxatio, which are just different uh, sizes of probes that people can use. And they utilize two main wavelengths. One is in the deep red spectrum and one is in the near infrared spectrum. And the, the wavelengths, their, their lengths in nanometers are 660 and AS, uh, yeah, and 850, which we also use 940 uh, for to elevate some of that temperature in the tissue, which has uh, secondary benefits as well. So we kind of are combining the two. But 850 and 660 uh, through intense research done over 20 years has shown to be the most efficacious wavelengths as far as uh, stimulating the mitochondria from anything really from deep joints like hip or uh, shoulder joints to the brain to uh, the skin as well. So these are kind of the universally golden, star, golden standard for, uh, for light therapy. Sure. So you mentioned two different wavelengths. Do the products have two different ones or do both products have the ability to use both wavelengths? Yeah. So good question. So both products, you can't, you know, oscillate with, between one or the other. So you right. can't choose the wavelength yourself. Mm -hmm. What happens is we have around 25 to 30 diodes within one probe and they are distributed. So the, the one creates the, you know, 660, the other uh, 850, 660 again, 850, and then some of them very uh, sporadically create 940. Um, so it's not like you would be able to choose the wavelength. It is already preset to give you the best results. So you're saying product has multiple um, light emissions at different wavelengths? Yes, okay. all at the same time, yeah. I see. Got you. Got you. That was a good explanation because I wasn't following you at first. So, yeah. So let's talk about the two products. So what's the recommended amount of use for the products? And do you have to have any safety gear to use the product? So they're actually, so what is interesting about light therapy as opposed to other modalities that we kind of brushed uh, over, there is no, there are no counterindications. The counterindications that you will find are um, you know, for pregnant women, it hasn't been researched for pregnant women, mm -hmm. uh, so it probably shouldn't be used, or uh, people that have um, seizures due to light, or, um, you know, different skin conditions or uh, autoimmune responses that are triggered by light, like lupus, mm -hmm. but other, other than that, if you're a healthy person, there, there are no counterindications, so you don't need any safety equipment, there's no special gels or buffers or anything like that you would be have to you, you would have to use no no safety goggles anything like that 
you could really use it freely. Um, and the way to use it really is like you would be using a toothbrush, moving it around like you would be a toothbrush. And, and if you look at the, the area that you want to treat, an area the size of your palm would merit between three to five minutes of treatment, moving it around like that. If you had an, a, uh, a thicker area or an area that needed deeper penetration, such as our knees, our hips, our shoulders, we could leave it on one area and not move it around and do those three minutes or, you know, if we wanted to divide those five minutes between a few areas that we're leaving it on. So if I have like a uh, shoulder bursitis, I'd be holding in the front of my shoulder, above my shoulder in the back, you know, for two minutes uh, each area without moving them. So we can do either or. And obviously someone who's in pain would very, very quickly recognize what work for what works for them better and adjust according to that. What, what's beautiful about it is that the results from it are pretty much instantaneous. Like you would be able to feel a difference within two to three minutes. So kind of going and assessing the treatment as you go is the best modality. Sure. Um, so what are some of the signs of maybe over-treatment? If you're using it in one place too much, what are some of the things that someone might need to look out for? So if you're, if you're using a, uh, our bigger probe, which is called the relaxatio, and you left it on one area for a very, very long time, mm -hmm. uh, for 10 minutes, for example, you, it might get too warm. Like you might be, you might, it might be um, too warm for you, and then you will definitely move it. The risk of injuring yourself is extremely low. To burn yourself, it would be very difficult. You really have to try very hard in order to burn yourself. But uh, you should be moving it around uh, slowly if you feel that it's becoming too warm. Another thing that would happen if you did use the device, you know, for an hour and a half straight, you might become lethargic. You might become a little bit drowsy because we are, you know, as demanding of the body to create a lot of energy in one spot, a lot of blood circulation to that one area. And you might become a little bit tired, lethargic, drowsy, but that doesn't have any counter, counter effects over time. Like it doesn't affect you you're not going to wake up the morning after spent or anything like that it's something momentary and it takes about 15 minutes and you're back uh feeling normal so it, what about um is it maybe like a deep tissue massage like sometimes after you have a massage they'll tell you hey go make sure you drink plenty of water you might be a little sore the next day do you have anything like that any tissue soreness associated no no not not tissue soreness per se mm -hmm. some people who are very who their body is very, very inflamed, um, might feel after the first or second treatment, slight soreness, especially if it's, um, I've heard it happening with uh, tennis or go golfer's elbow, mm -hmm. epicondylitis. Um, but that is very, very, it's very rare. And the reason that it happens is because we are signaling tissue repair. So we are um, basically, repairing nerves as well. So if the nerves there are damaged to begin with and we're repairing them slightly, obviously over time, this extra sensation can be new. But in general, there are no real counterindications that someone should look out for. And as long as you're using as small of a head as we're using, mm -hmm. the chances of hurt, hurting yourself are very, very slim. Okay. And what's the temperature that the probe uh, rises to? So the probe would be 
around 100, at its highest, it's going to be around 107 mm-hmm. degrees, which is less than what, what a hot shower would be. So again, it's, it's not that warm. It does feel nice, but it's not going to get to the, to the strata where people would need to be careful. Right. So that's not even as warm as a, a heating pad, you know, a heating pad exactly, can definitely yeah. get much warmer than that. So, yeah. And as far as your device, what do you have to do as far as maintaining it? Is it run by batteries or how do you charge it? Yeah. So we, we, so it does run by battery and that's one of the beautiful thing about it that you don't need to have a cord running through it. You can do it anywhere in your house. Uh, you could watch TV, whatever, whatever you like doing, be on a treadmill and doing it at the same time and not be afraid of it, you know, getting tangled up. Um, but it does mean that you want to get it back to its port. So it has a little port that you plop it on when you're done. In the case of our bigger probes, which is called the relaxatio, there is a normal cord, like you're going to charge your phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you do want to charge it post every session. And a battery would last anywhere from half an hour to an hour and a half, depends on which device we're talking about and the power of the device. So more powerful devices, obviously, the battery is gonna, not going to last as long. Um, as far as maintenance, as far as cleaning, alcohol pads, uh, rubbing alcohol uh, would be the way to clean the top. If you used any kind of uh, topical gel to move it around, even though you don't have to. But if you did, you wanted to clean it, rubbing alcohol is more than enough. Gotcha. Anything else you want to add as far as maintenance or just kind of normal use of the product? Um, well, it's very, again, it's battery operated. If you, mm-hmm. if you want your device to last a long time and, and serve you for a lot of years, you definitely want to treat it like any other battery operated device. Make sure you don't leave it for, you know, days on end, plugged in, uh, charge it fully, unplug it, um, again, like when the first time you, you, you have the device, the first time uh, you get the device, make sure you fully charge it around six hours or overnight before you use it for the first time. So good battery habits that you would have with, it, with any other device. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, really, it's extremely simple and it's built to be extremely simple. Mm-hmm. There's only one button. There's only one on and off button. The probe itself uh, only turns on in order to save on electricity. It only turns on when it touches the tissue. So we turn it on. It's one button. It tells you when it's when it's on. There's a green indicator, uh, and once it's on, it's it won't shine any light. So it's not uncomfortable for the eyes or anything like that. The minute the probe touches your skin, that is when it's going to light up and apply or or you know apply the the uh, light treatment. When you're going to detach it it's going to turn off again. And if you're not going to, going to activate it within 30 seconds, you're not going to touch anything within 30 seconds, the device is going to power itself off and you're going to have to press that button again to turn it on. All right. So on timeout with the sports doctor, this is your final timeout. So you do high level jujitsu, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So high level jujitsu, uh, you've had your orthopedic injuries. Uh, you've had surgery multiple times. You've gone through... Um, kind of conventional rehab, plus now you're having your light therapy. How has light therapy modified your rehab or modified your kind of maintenance? Uh, I mean, you train, like you said, multiple times a day. So how do you use this vice to maintain your body or to kind of keep you in top uh, fighting shape? So I do actually two things. It's not only recovery, it's also something that's becoming more and more 
popular in our sports and in general, which would be um, priming the body pre-training. So I uh, make sure that the muscles that are maybe weaker. So right now I'm, I'm coming back from a hamstring injury. Uh, uh, and in general, I do have knees that are susceptible to injury injury, shoulders, neck. So I'm gonna make sure I'm doing a couple of minutes in each area before I start my training. And the reason is, again, these areas are gonna have now more blood, they have more energy, they're more injury resilient. Mm -hmm. And if I have any kind of lingering injury or muscles that need, that need to recover, I'm gonna do it post training as well. What I've found is because I do do strength training like three times a week, is if I did that before strength training, not only that I prevent injury, but also my, my performance is, is better and, and I can gain um, results or obviously set my personal records uh, on a more consistent basis because again, I have muscles that perform better. Sure, sure. So you meant, uh, mentioned competing. What level do you compete at? Do you do like MMA fighting or what are you doing? So I used to do that a long, long time ago. Now I'm a little older for the old for that. So, but, so now I do only the grappling part. So basically, um, so jujitsu competitions, they're also on, on whether it, it would be um, open competitions, Miami Open, whatever that is, national competitions. And uh, there, there was just now I missed it because of an injury. There was the Pan-American uh, but now I'm getting ready for uh, Jiu-Jitsu World, which is uh, going to be in a few months. Sure, sure. So uh, tell us how, for someone who wants to follow you and your Jiu-Jitsu career or learn more about the products, tell us, give us your information on how to learn more about the products. So what I suggest to do in the beginning is uh, go to our website, which is zerogravitycn.com. Uh, and, and that would be the best source to uh, kind of get acquainted with our devices. Mm -hmm. And if you wanted to follow us on social media, you can definitely go to Zero Gravity Skin on social media. And also, uh, if you wanted to follow me specifically, my name is uh, Amitai underscore Eshel. That's my social media handle as well. And uh, I definitely I, I do appear in a lot of podcasts. I share a lot of information about uh, biohacking and longevity uh, and anything that's got to do with uh, performance. So uh, you can follow me there and I'll be happy to help. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate your time and I appreciate you telling us more about uh, photo light therapy and your products, because this is a part of treatment that's still not widely known in orthopedics uh, or in musculoskeletal health in general. So I really appreciate you sharing this uh, wealth of knowledge with us. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you would like to learn more about the LED light therapy treatment devices, go over to zerogravityskin.com uh, where you can see their full array of products to help you with your anti-aging skin needs as well as their pain relieving musculoskeletal devices. I'm very grateful that Zero Gravity has extended a discount to the Time Out with the Sports Doctor community. Uh, before you finish your purchase, just enter Dr. Derek 30 to receive 30% off your purchase. So like I said, I'm very grateful that they have extended this offer to our community. And as always, uh, please leave a five-star rating and provide feedback on this episode. Um, and I hope you all have a great week. Be blessed. <laughs>